So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, this is the first recording of the new year for us. We are 10 days late, as the Third Eye Blind song says. But nonetheless, we are here uh, excited for the non-point scoring season to begin. Um, these next handful of episodes here, we're going to be doing a little recap, talking about some of our hits, some of our misses, what we got right, what we got wrong, how our process look, what we can be doing better as we look forward already to the next fantasy season. But before we get into that, Jake, how are you doing this evening? My most favorite co-host. Well, I'm your only co-host, so I would hope you would say that, but I'm doing fantastic. We we took a little bit, just a tiny baby breather yeah, away. Yeah, mini hiatus right? at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, so that was nice. Now we, as Packer fans, get to take a long hiatus from uh, watching or cheering on for our team, at least, <laughs> after that crazily disappointing uh, finale to the season, which I, I don't I know just how much we say, want to talk about. One, I couldn't roll my eyes further back in my head because that finish was ridiculous. Yeah. And now it's just another offseason of will or won't Rodgers stay with the Packers which he probably won't make his decision until, you know, fucking July at this point. So it's going to be seven <laughs> months of like, is he coming back? Isn't he? And all this fucking bullshit stories that are going on. Uh, but also, I'm glad that I went to bed at the end of the third quarter of that game. Because uh, at least I got a good night's sleep. And I wasn't overly disappointed that I stayed up late to watch the Packers ultimately lose. If you never finish that game, if you never watch the fourth quarter, you can just pretend that it didn't actually finish. Well, in my mind, and that's exactly what happened. I went to bed. Just they just scored a touchdown that. to go up uh, 16 to 13, I think it was, at the end of the third there. And I was like, oh, they've got this that's in it. hand. They look good on that drive. Defense has been looking solid. I'm like, perfect. We got this. Start tweeting out, suck it, Lions. You can do that now <laughs> with impunity. You don't know. It's fine. Yeah, but besides uh, that, you know, I'm doing I'm doing great. Uh, I'm ready to talk about face plants because I think if we can pat ourselves on the back for one thing on this podcast, Dustin, is that we like to be fully transparent. Mm-hmm. We talk about our misses, maybe even more than our hits. Maybe to our own uh, own detriment, we talk about our misses a lot, but I think it's important. Yeah, it is important only because, as I said, what can we learn from it? How do we make our process better for the next fantasy season? Because that's what it's all about, making improvements, winning that championship. Um, I know I got oh so close. I was in three championships this year, took silver in all three. Uh, while silver is better than nothing, it means you are the first loser. Uh, which is unfortunate. Um, I mean, I can't complain though. Three, three, uh, championship rounds. I, I'm not going to complain about that. How was your end of the fantasy season? It was fine. It was fine. You know, not as, as powerful as I wanted it to be. I did walk away with a couple of championships. Nice. But Congratulations. It just always, yeah, it's fine. But it's, <laughs> here's my issue. It's never in the leagues that I'm really the most excited about. Like our mm-hmm. home league. Like I just, 
and I know it's not like an industry league. It's not an expert league. I want so bad to win that league above all else. And that was mm-hmm. my worst showing of the year. So it's like the other two. Yeah, they're fine. That's great. But it doesn't uh, it doesn't hit me the same way. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about our misses. A little face plant action this evening. And like I said, what can we do better? How can how can we look at our process for next season? Before we get into it, though, we always have our beer of the week. Uh, this week, we're actually sharing the same, not sharing a beer. We're drinking the same beer. Uh, we're, we're not splitting one. We're not that cheap. Can you imagine <laughs> if we did that, if we poured out half of a beer and uh, walked it over to your house and then just like, nope, here's your half. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're cheap, but we're not that cheap. Come on. So, yeah, this beer, this one I picked up after work today um, as I knew I needed a beer for the show this evening. And I came across this and I got really excited. Um, and I am newly turned on to Belgian beers, especially like the triples on the quads. Uh, so this is from Three Sheeps Brewing, uh, Wisconsin Brewery. They do excellent beer. This is a Belgian style quad ale with figs and molasses and aged in rye whiskey barrels. Yeah, Dustin, it feels like you bought this beer specifically for me. Like every bit of the description, I was like, holy shit, this is my beer. Like it might as well have just said Jake's beer on the logo. (laughs) But you, I was surprised because I didn't take you for like a fig molasses type. You know, it just sounded really good and really interesting. So I was like, hell yeah, I want to try this. So what what do you think of it before I tell you what the ABV is? Yeah, I already knew it was going to be high on this one when I poured it. Uh, I, I love this. It doesn't taste like a high-octane beer, which I suspect that it is. Yeah, uh, it says it's on the bottom of the can. And if I could read the stamping correctly, I think it said 13.7%. Woo! Woo! It doesn't taste that bad. No. I, you often get like the really syrupy, thick kind of weirdness mm-hmm. with these high ones. And I don't get that at all. No, no, that's, that's, I am really happy about this. Um, and I would probably buy it again. I mean, it's definitely like a one for the evening type sipper beer. It's not yeah, one yeah. you're going to drink a bunch of, but oh, it is, it is a nice little treat beer. I, I like this one a lot. Very tasty. It's a very like reminiscent of a Christmas beer with all the figginess and molasses mm-hmm. in it. But you know mm-hmm. what? Any time in the winter, this is going to be just. I say it's a great winter warmer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm already, mm-hmm. uh, I feel it. I think I have that Pavlovian response to hearing 13% in my head now, but it's wonderful. Now, we, just spoiler, for the drunk trade of the week. We don't have a traditional drunk trade of the week. We don't have a submission, which, by the way, this is your call. Drunk please, Drunk trades, please. Send them to us always, but especially this time of year. This is when I expect to get the worst or best for our purposes. Mm -hmm. So please send those in. Uh, please make trades, make your off-season fun for you and for us. But in the meantime, do you want to segue in to a, a different version of Drunk Trade of the Week? Let's do it. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. So this one, look, it's me. It's me. I did this. Uh, I have to. Was this really a drunk trade, or yeah, this no, this really was. Um, okay. And and shout out to to JB Barry. 
by the way, follow him on Twitter. Uh, friend of the show, been on the show in mm-hmm. the past. And we have this one. I want to throw it out here because it's it's so gross. And I often, you know, if I'm doing drunk trades, in the spirit of this show especially, I want to pull back the curtain. I certainly don't always make good trades or even interesting trades a lot of the time. A lot of the time it looks like this. So here's what happened for you listeners at home. So this was three months ago, by the way. This is in a 10-team dynasty league, so a little bit different. It's mm-hmm. also a start two tight end format. That's important for this. Uh, so you must start two tight ends every week, which is outlandish. It is um, ridiculous. It, it's it's interesting. It's different. That's kind of why I like this league, though. And it's super flex. Uh, not that it matters for this trade, but I always like to throw that in. So here's what happened. Three months ago, I was bored. I was bored as shit. We hadn't made trades in this league for a long time. We just had a kind of stagnant period. I think that happens with a lot of leagues. Where mm-hmm. It's like not every day you're going to see trades, but sometimes there will be, you know, a month will go by, maybe two months will go by. And it was at that point, and I just said, screw it. We're doing this thing. So I started mass sending trades. And they were not interesting. Like this one. I sent away to JB. I sent Brandon Cooks, Noah Brown, who had had a couple of decent games uh, before Michael Gallup got back, and Deion Jackson, who had had, like, one game where Jonathan Taylor was out. And here you go. So you can take him on the (laughs) insurance policy for Jonathan Taylor. In response. I get Kenyon Drake. Ooh. AJ Dillon. I just really wanted a piece of, of AJ Dillon. He was disappointing early in the season. And I said, he'll turn it around. And then I got Daniel Bellinger. This is fresh off of when he had his eye socket like blown up that Ooh. week. And people yeah. were debating about if he was even going to come back this year. And I said, I don't care. He's young. This team is terrible. I'm doing the full rebuild thing. I'd already done that for a while leading up to this trade. And so I just said, I'll try this and see what happens. This was also when Brandon Cooks had that whole, like, will he, won't he finish out the season with the Texans? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that was some turmoil that we kind of just forgot about. So, Dustin, be impartial here. How bad is this trade from both ends? I think you summed it up great at the beginning when you're like, this is just kind of a eh, whatever trade. (laughs) Because it's not exciting or sexy whatsoever. Uh, seeing as how you are in a rebuild, I think I like it for you with getting Bellinger. I mean, he flashed this season. He had some good games. Uh, he's young. He's only going to improve in that offense, I believe. Uh, AJ Dillon, you know, he's good if he gets full time role at some point, or maybe shouldn't say full time. Majority of the carries, you know, the backfield, he could be very fantasy relevant. Kenny and Drake, I mean, he looked good in spot duty to start the season. He was definitely startable early, but now just kind of, eh, whatever. I mean, Noah Brown, eh, Deion Jackson, eh, Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Even now, you know, end of the season when he was playing, it was still just kind of, eh. Yeah. Like, he's fine as a flex play, but you're not guaranteed anything with him, so... Unless he changes teams and goes to like a contender that can actually use him, then I would be a little bit more into it. But yeah, I kind of like your side a little bit better. Just getting younger with Bellinger and Dylan, getting rid of Brandon Cooks, who never seems to have any sort of trade value. So, but like I said, you said it best. It's kind of a eh, whatever trade. 
This was a trade about nothing. This was a stopgap trade. What I'm pleased to report out of this trade is not what this was, not what I got in return, but what it spawned. It spawned a, a massive surge in trade activity. And that's, I think, the best thing that I could have gotten out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Just, it reinvigorated the league a little bit. It felt good. I feel fine with it. Uh, although I will say, just a postscript real quick. After this trade was done, JB sent me a message like five minutes later because it was in the turmoil of Brandon Cooks. He goes, Brandon Cooks just got traded to the Chiefs. And I was still so drunk that I legitimately <laughs> thought that had really happened. And it freaked me the hell out. Oh, my God. That is great. Good that job, JB. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice move. Yeah. Well, before we get into the main event this evening, talking about what we missed on, um, we do have an outstanding beer bet that we need to remedy here, going all the way back from weeks 16, I believe. I think you're right. Yep. So the bet was, uh, go go in the Wayback Machine. This is when San Francisco was playing Washington, as we do head-to-head -head, or team versus team matchups. And we had Terry McLaurin versus Brandon Ayuk. You took Brandon Ayuk, Jake. And we had Terry McLaurin finish as the wide receiver 14 on the week with 17.7 points. And Brandon Ayuk finish as wide receiver 31 with 13.1 points. So, Jake, I believe there is something you need to do and say here to complete this beer bet process. I would like to say that the golf between these two was not as extravagant as their finishes make it feel, <laughs> but I still lost. And so because of that, Dustin, I must say you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers. Thank you. Woo! Got some good Kentucky bourbon down the gullet. Oh, That'll pair that's... well with that high octane beer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, Loel, let's uh, not keep our, our masses waiting here and get right into it. Um, we're going to talk base plants, things we missed on, and, and we're pulling this basically from last offseason when we did like our drinking buddies and our busts episode, um, any any type of prediction that we, we kind of planted our flag on uh, during last offseason. This is where we pulled this from to get this list. So. Uh, my list is quite a bit longer than yours, unfortunately, Jake. Um, I, I had some bad takes this last offseason, so why don't I start it off since um, I'll be doing a lot more talking, I think. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> hey, you got what matters, which is the championship or championship adjacent finish in our league. So mm -hmm. you're the winner here. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with the first one. And I just want to start off when I said that these first few that I have were, were all bust. I said they're going to bust. And if you if you go back to the episode, when I said they were going to bust, it was based on ADP, not that they were necessarily going to be bad for fantasy. Um, but my first one was Patrick Mahomes. He was being drafted at the time as the QB two, and I, I distinctly remember this. I said. That's an overpay. Like, like he, there's no way he's going to return that value this year. They lost Tyree Kill. We don't know what this offense is going to look like. They kind of have this committee of running backs. We don't know what's going on there. You know, Juju coming off a couple of disappointing seasons in Pittsburgh. 
yeah, Kelsey's there. I whiffed on that one as well, uh, which I know you'll talk about a bit, and I will chime in there too. Uh, you know, bringing in MVS from the Packers, they drafted Sky Moore. Like, you know, there's kind of all these questionable pieces that we didn't know what this offense was going to look like. And I honestly thought that they were going to spread the ball around a lot, which I think they did, but I didn't think they would. I didn't think he would be as efficient and as good as he was. Uh, I think he finished as the QB one or two on the season, depending on scoring. Like he, he, he returned value. Um, so I, I will definitely take that lump and just say like, Hey, great quarterbacks are great quarterbacks. Um, especially a young quarterback like Mahomes. Like, uh, it's like, it's basically like Rogers in his prime. Like you never questioned the weapons he had around him or if he was going to play well and produce for fantasy because he was just that good. And I think this is the same case for Mahomes. Like he's just that good. Uh, the weapons he have are good enough and he's got good coaching and good scheming behind him as well, which really helps. So unless those things change, yeah, I don't think I'm going to, uh, bet against Patrick Mahomes here anytime soon. Look, man, I I was with you in the spirit of he's not somebody I'm drafting because he's going too early, because I would rather wait longer in the draft to try to scoop up a value. Somebody like even Jalen Hurts or wait even longer to try to grab somebody like Kirk Cousins, which I did. And, you know, obviously that was not the right approach necessarily. I mean, Jalen Hurts worked if you mm-hmm. waited for him and that's still fair so it's still fair to say that he wasn't the greatest draft piece while acknowledging that he still crushed it and it didn't matter mm-hmm. who his cast around him was and like you said we'll we'll definitely talk about travis kelsey a bit um and i think it was interesting though you compared him to rogers in the way of like it doesn't really matter what his cast around him is he's just going to be amazing i mean we saw rogers this year prove that theory wrong but he's getting up there he's getting long in the two yes i said in i said rogers in his prime i mean when he was you know five six seven years ago when he was like in the middle of it yeah he had good wide receivers like don't get me wrong but he also i mean this was you know pre-devante i mean you were looking at jordy craig jennings donald driver i mean none of these guys were necessarily high draft picks that you know, were elite number one, you know, could finish in the top five of wide receivers on any given season. Which is so interesting. That's like a whole other argument too, which is for a, a later time of does the quarterback make the wide receivers or do the wide receivers right. make the quarterback? And in Patrick Mahomes case though, to bring it back to him, he, it, it can be both. Like mm-hmm. we saw Tyreek yeah. Hill leave and he was still completely fine. Uh, that's somebody, again, we can talk about a little bit later, but, Patrick Mahomes, for his part, is still always going to be great, more than likely. Am mm-hmm. I still going to draft him most times in redraft? Probably not. I'm still right. probably not going to, because there is value later on. And we'll talk about this in an upcoming episode where we can talk about some of these quarterbacks that we like the value of more than Patrick Mahomes. So it's fair uh, if you just want to set it and forget it with Mahomes, though, I get it. Mm-hmm. If you can get him in the second round of your one QB league and you feel like, screw it, I don't want to ever have to think about quarterback, go for it. 
All right, Jake, who do you have? Well, Who's I your feel first the same, one? I feel the same way about Travis Kelsey, who I wrote in big, bold letters on this <laughs> because, no, it did not come from a bus episode. I didn't say he would be a bus. However, I was shitting on the idea of drafting Travis Kelsey in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. I said I wouldn't do it this year. I, as you thought, I thought Patrick Mahomes would spread it around a lot more than he did. You you called them question marks. I actually felt some level of confidence in this group that was assembled. In Juju Smith-Schuster, in MVS, in even Justin Ross, who did not play this year, uh, when as an undrafted guy who people had high hopes for, Sky Moore, even McCole Hardman, just saying like, Last year, they didn't have anything behind Tyreek Hill, it felt like. So now watch these guys all step up. They'll be good enough where they'll spread the ball around. They'll hyper-focus on Travis Kelsey still because he's the known beast on the team. Defenses will try to shut him down, and it will you know, give him, I don't know, I can't even say medium production. It would give him tight end two to tight end three production. And just bear, you know, barely be better or in the conversation with Mark Andrews. No, dummy. He went for 1300 yards. He went for 12 touchdowns. He, if you drafted him, you know how amazing he was. Mm -hmm. If you didn't draft him, you know how amazing he was (laughs) because you had to face off against him in some week where he probably destroyed you. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't spread around. He got 150 targets. Next closest down was Juju Smith Schuster. With 100. I mean, Juju got involved. That's great. It wasn't to the Tyreek Hill level. Right. And Marquise Valdez-Scantling got 81 targets. That's fine. He didn't do much with them. You saw those. It wasn't consistent for any of these other guys besides Travis Kelsey. And in the red zone, who was he throwing to? It was pretty much only Travis Mm -hmm. Kelsey. Or they were using the running back. And so he's 33 years old. This is the Tom Brady conundrum at a different position. Do you dare disrespect him next year by saying something foolish again, like I won't draft him in the first two rounds? <laughs> or do you just admit that this is somebody you have to target super early until he retires? Yeah, I think he's someone you, if you want him, you have to draft him early until he shows that he's hitting that age cliff. And it may never come. I mean, look at like Antonio Gates. He played until he was like, 39 years old at, at a fairly high level. I mean, he, he was consistent and, and I know not a high bar for tight ends. I get it. But the fact remains is if, if, and I'm assuming Kelsey will stay with the chiefs until he retires, as long as he's with the chiefs. And as I was saying about Patrick Mahomes, if the scheme doesn't change and he has Mahomes throwing to him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to draft him early and you want him on your team, go for it. I mean, I don't see him falling off over the next couple of years at, at a minimum. Yeah. And I think there was a couple of tight ends in the drafts that you would have gotten later that were fine. You know, they were fine mm-hmm. assets, but they certainly didn't sniff Travis Kelsey's production. And so if you risk that, or if you think you're good enough at streaming the position to make that work for tight end, that's fine. You can mm-hmm. try that. I'm probably going to err on the side of not. I'm going to err on last season's Jake who was all about Travis Kelsey and then abruptly stopped this offseason, I I will revert to that because it's not worth the headache and he still gives such an exorbitant 
ceiling above what anybody else can do. Yeah, and then I will say I whiffed on Travis Kelsey as well. Um, we'll probably talk about it again in our bold predictions recap, but one of my bold predictions is he would have less than a thousand yards and and six touchdowns on the season. Uh, yeah, big whip on that one. As I said, I, I expected them to throw the ball around and, and um, spread it out a lot more than they did. So, the yeah, I'm with you. I'm with 2021, Jake. Damn it, we should all be so smart as 2021. <laughs> all right, who do you want to talk about next here? All right, next, um, I'll go switch it up to running backs here, and I want to talk about James Conner. He was being drafted as the RB16, um, and I believe he finished as like RB17 on the season. So, um, again, this was where he was being drafted. I didn't think he was going to return that value because we're coming off of 2021 where he, what I think he led the league in rushing touchdowns, had something like 18 touchdowns on the season, if my memory is correct, um, had a great season, wasn't really involved in the passing game a whole lot, but, I mean, was used at the goal line uh, and was very efficient on the ground, stayed healthy. I didn't think he was going to garner that sort of usage again this year, and I did not, I just didn't see him finishing as a mid-range RB2. I just didn't see it in that offense. I thought Kyler would be healthy all season. Um, you know, you had Hopkins with his suspension, but then coming back partway through the season, you had Hollywood Brown joining the team. Um, you know, so I thought that the passing game would be a little bit more prolific than it was this season. And that was my reasoning behind it. Um, obviously, Kyler got hurt. Um, James Conner did his thing. Yeah, so that was a miss there. It'll be interesting to see what happens now this offseason with um, Cliff gone, who they bring in, and then how that offense is going to look. I would expect Connor to be back again this next season and probably continue to do what he's been doing since he's been staying healthy now. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know that anybody knows what this offense looks like next year. That's what's a little freaky about this. I, I completely agree that, yes, this year he did what he needed to do, got almost 200 rushing attempts. To your point, how much of that was because of the injury to Kyler, right. who could, who would run a lot himself, and with a different quarterback in there, like Colt McCoy isn't going to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he probably saw an uptick because of that. And I don't know, do you feel like we just discounted the loss of Chase Edmonds to some point? Is that part of this? Like, did we think, well, Chase Edmonds is Chase Edmonds, but they they have Eno Benjamin. They have Keontae Ingram. They'll have think, some dude mm -hmm. step up, right? Yeah, I do think that was part of it as well. I think that's a valid point there, Jake. Um, or, yeah, he, you know, Edmonds was more of the pass catching guy and he could, you know, run the ball as well. He wasn't just a pass catcher. So, yeah, I think that probably played into a little bit of why I was fading him. but. I mean, if he's going to be a kind of mid-range RB2 ADP next year, uh, especially if I don't go early RB in my draft, um, which I, I tend to do in redraft is go, you know, heavy RB to begin with and then fill in with wide receivers later on. But if for some reason I kind of fade it or maybe go anchor RB, you know, grab an RB in the first round and then go back and grab James Conner in like the fourth or fifth or something, depending on how the draft goes. 
I think he'd be fine as my RB2. I'd be okay with that. I'd, I'd love that if he remains his pass-catching role. If he Correct. gets to hold on to that 50-plus targets, you know, because that's the difference maker, especially this year, when the touchdowns weren't as fruitful as last mm-hmm. season. You know, seven touchdowns, hey, that's still great. That's still fine. Um, but it's not that outrageous number you mentioned from last right. year. <laughs> so now Cliff Kingsbury is gone. We have no idea what their coaching staff looks like. They're looking to trade DeAndre Hopkins away. We don't know what Kyler Murray's injury status is going to be for the start of this season. Maybe yeah, most likely, like Joe Burrow, maybe. Doubtful. I mean, I'm I'm not anticipating that personally. Mm. I mean, I don't think anybody was anticipating Joe Burrow coming back for Week One at That's this fair. time last year, though. That's so, fair. I mean. I'm not an injury guy. I'm not a doctor. I've never even played one on TV. So I did. You stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night? No, I didn't do any of the things that were needed for me to speculate on this. So I will say though, it's so in shambles. And so a a, Mm -hmm. a Connor, a James Connor, at 27 years old, going to be 28, I believe, to start the season. I mean, how does he really factor into their team? Right? Are they gonna? Maybe they'll try to ship him away too. And that throws a wrench into everything. But it feels like Steelers, Cardinals, situational, dependent. Mm-hmm. James Conner's just a good running back. So let's just be involved with James Conner at his ADP when it's probably low. Yeah. I yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming, okay, we'll 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 play this game. Yeah. Assuming they don't draft a running back mm-hmm. early, you know, they'll probably pick one up late, as most teams do. But say they don't draft one early mm-hmm. and they don't bring anyone in via free agency. And his he's around that 16, 17 ADP come draft season in August. I'd be down for that. I would, too. It's a cheat to say it depends on how I've drafted to that point. But that's true. Also, it jerks. is. It doesn't matter how you've <laughs> drafted ahead of that point. But I would say. I'd but I think the value it. at that point would is going to be fair. Like, yeah. I don't think that's that's going to be too high a value. I agree. I think he's proven himself to be reliable mm-hmm. enough the last couple of years to do that. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Okay, Jake, who do you have next on your list? I got to talk about Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak Prescott. First of all, let me say, this is a fairly tepid whiff, but it was a whiff nonetheless, so I got to bring it up. Uh, I did label him as a bust. His ADP coming into season was quarterback eight. I said, that's too high. I think when we did like a temporary ranking-ish guesstimate, I put him somewhere around like quarterback 14. Like I was just so not interested in Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. And it came a little bit down to kind of a Patrick Mahomes effect. He was, look, he has CD Lamb. We know this. And we don't know much else. We knew Michael Gallup wasn't going to be back right away. Uh, I had a lot of doubts about Ezekiel Elliott and how much he could carry the workload for this offense and create scoring opportunities on his part. I had questions about uh, Dalton Schultz to some extent or how quickly he'd come back and be like the man. And a lot of that didn't seem to matter, really, because, again, that trade from earlier, we scoff at Noah Brown. But like Noah Brown had weeks where he was their wide receiver, too, and looked really good. And that was because of Dak Prescott. Dak Mm -hmm. Prescott ends up finishing as QB nine in points per game. Of course, he missed some time. But. QB 90 points per game. That That's what yeah. you drafted him to do, basically. Mm-hmm. He didn't wow you. I understand he didn't win you probably too many weeks. It certainly wasn't a Patrick Mahomes, 
Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, extravaganza in points, but he was really solid for the initial batch of weeks, especially that he played. Coming back, you know, when they had to replace him, and I heard all the stories, I'm sure you did too, of Cooper Rush when he played those games. Mm -hmm. The first couple of games, people were like, Dak fucking Prescott who? Give me more Cooper Rush, baby! Uh, and it was, it was ridiculous because then the next two to three games that he started, he looked appropriately terrible. And from a fancy perspective, as soon as Dak came back, you're like, yeah, this is what we want the offense to look like. You were happy to again have CD Lamb on your team. You were happy to have Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard, et cetera. So even more than his finish at QB9, which again, respectable, not amazing, but respectable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, you just loved what he did for the offense for fantasy overall. So with that, he gets some due respect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I had Dak in my Scott Fishbowl team because uh, I thought, you know, it was wheels up for this offense. You know, I really did. Just all the pieces and with Dak at the helm. The one thing I didn't take into consideration is Mike McCarthy. And I, that's shame on me for doing Rookie that because I, I know better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it would be nice if McCarthy got out of there and brought in someone that could actually un truly unlock this offense because it's a very good offense already. Their defense is great. And it's like, I just don't see McCarthy being that guy that can take them to that next level. Yeah, they made the playoffs and they're doing what is expected, you know, as far as winning and whatnot. But it's like, God, they have all these pieces in place. I mean, they they should be doing better than what they are. And it pains me to say as a Packer fan, because I hate the Cowboys. I know. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk about Kellen Moore, too, with the offensive coordinator there. Are they going to replace him? Are they not? I don't think they need to. That's my two cents. I think it comes down a little bit more to Mike McCarthy and like mm -hmm. decision-making as a coach more than the offensive play calling. I, I will ask this, though. Because, again, he's probably not a guy I'm going to draft next year. I don't want to take somebody at QB8 whose ceiling is QB6. That, that's not still going to be for me if his ADP mm -hmm. is at that level. Again, nothing, no disrespect to what he did. He was fine. Lived up to ADP. But next year, Dustin, if you're sitting on the clock, Dak Prescott is there, similar ADP, quarterback eight, mm -hmm. or you can wait three to four rounds and draft your choice of Kirk Cousins-esque guy, insert name here, who is Steady Eddie, never going to give you the big boom weeks, probably. Who would you take out of that group next year, assuming all things equal? Um, I would, I might take Dak only because, yeah, I, he's got a safe floor, which you could say about Kirk and these other guys in that kind of range, more or less. Time. Yeah, I said more or less. And then, but I mean, with with those offensive weapons, I mean, the the possibility is there for those really boom weeks that he could single handedly win you a week. You uh, think? I do. I never felt that way about Dak Prescott. I just maybe look if Brandon Cooks gets traded there. In the offseason. Sign me up. Because you know I love me Brandon Cooks. And his effect on any new team that he signs with. Otherwise mm -hmm. I don't feel like Dak has. 
that league winning, week winning upside anymore. After they stop taking away, like he doesn't rush as much as he used to. Right, right. You know? But I mean, CD Lamb going to be going into what third year three? Hey, Scampers, thanks for joining us. Um, with year three, I think for CD, you got Michael Gallup who was recovering from the ACL. So I mean, they didn't even have him for half the season, and then it took him a while to really get back into game shape and come on, which we saw him come on here these last couple of weeks towards the end of the season a bit. Assuming Dalton Schultz stays, I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the season. If he stays there, I, I like that. I mean, yet Tony Pollard, that's probably still going to be with the team. Forever. Uh, so, I mean, they, they've got the weapons in place. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would rather have Dak over someone like Kirk Cousins. Well, then here's a better question. And this one comes from Scampers in the chat. Again, welcome, Scampers. Dak? Or Trevor Lawrence. Oh, pull at my heartstrings in those that that uh, Jaguars offense, man. <laughs> oh, scampers, that's not fair. Give me Lawrence. I I mean, I am all in on Lawrence, and I am all in on that offense moving forward. I love what they're doing down there. I am I'm a Lawrence stan. Yeah, this podcast became like the Jacksonville Jaguars podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. over last off season, so I think it's only going to continue from here. <laughs> we're forced to do that. Yeah, we we. Oh God, I I have loved Trevor Lawrence, and I wonder how much his ADP will shoot up next year. But that's a question for for later. Obviously, yeah. All right, who do, who's next on your list on your docket? All right, uh, I'm going to go to a former chief. We we touched on him a little bit already, Tyreek Hill. Uh, Switching teams to Miami this year. He was being drafted as the wide receiver eight last offseason. And I, I would, you know, I said to myself, I don't want Tyreek. I want Waddle. He's going to be the guy. Wide receivers changing teams for the most part, historically, you see that there's a dip in production for that first year at least um, while they're acclimating to the new offense, the new scheme, new teammates, et cetera, new quarterback. And I was like, Tyreek, he's older. You know, he's what, 27. So God forbid he's old. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, with Waddle coming in, having an incredible rookie season, I was like, I'll take the discount on Waddle at like wide receiver 13, thinking he's going to produce significantly better than that over Tyreek at wide receiver eight. Woof, did I miss that one? <laughs> Tyreek just came in and continued to do Tyreek Hill things. Like he was amazing this year. And he like he slid right into that offense. And kudos to McDaniel and whoever their offensive coordinator is there down in Miami, because they knew exactly what they were doing when they traded for him to scheme him up properly. And having him paired up with Waddle, I mean, talk about a dynamic dynamic duo there i'm so excited talking about it. i can't even get words out damn um, a damn duo a damn dynamic yeah i mean duel. they're just i mean they did that right they like i said they knew what they were doing when they traded for him they had a plan and it worked i mean they they knew exactly how to use him and and uh tua looked great you know when he was healthy uh throwing to both those guys so i mean tyreek finished as wide receiver one or two on the season i mean significantly brought back his value and then some of course he couldn't surpass justin jefferson 
the god of wide receivers. But he was a close wide receiver, too. And let me throw you a bit of a, a life raft here. Because your logic, it was fair. I mean, Jalen Waddell was the wide receiver eight this season. Mm -hmm. Your logic in waiting to take Jalen Waddle was completely fine. It's just that he did not surpass Tyreek Hill. Because we didn't think that that was even possible. Uh, I would still err on the side of what you did more often than not. Mm -hmm. But Tyreek is special uh, as a wide receiver. I don't know that he'll ever hit his true cliff. Like, it'll be a Deshaun Jackson type of cliff. If and when mm -hmm. it comes, I guess. But that could mean at 32 years old, Tyreek Hill is still an amazing fantasy value. So I just had to throw that. And I was with you. I was drafting Waddle for that reason. It's just they'll probably finish close enough together. Mm -hmm. And or Waddle will be better because he's more established in the offense. Right. Just yeah. Point. I mean, talk about an offense that just produced tons of fantasy points this year for the wide receivers, man. That was. Cool, that was fun to watch. And moments, and sideline moments from Mike McDaniel. I mean, mm -hmm. my gosh, is there a more entertaining <laughs> coach to follow? That camera, he should be mic'd up every game next season. That's mm -hmm. what I think. Yeah, absolutely. But, all right, I, I want to throw in another one here for me real quick. Uh, it was so hard to find people to put in for me this episode, but I think I found one that fits the criteria we're looking for here, Dustin. <laughs> Rashad Bateman, uh, obviously injured. Yes. Didn't play most of the season. Yes. I get that. I, however, listed him as a drinking buddy with confidence that he would boom and boom hard a lot of weeks for you. Mm -hmm. And we got to see a fair amount of Rashad Bateman before the injury. And he boomed once. He got you one game where you were excited to start Rashad Bateman, and that's because of like a 75-yard touchdown, which, I mean, yeah, that comes with the territory. You want the big play guy. That's what you expect. One game out of, I think, seven that he ended up finishing. That's bad. That's terrible. And points per game, he was still wide receiver 111. Yes, Ooh. one of those games was he got injured right away and blah, blah, blah. It's basically a zero. Still, still, that is outrageously low for somebody that I was so happy about. The logic was Hollywood Brown gone. We talked about him being on the Cardinals. And then we talked about the condensed route tree, or not route tree, condensed target share for this team, which is Mark Andrews and then whoever your wide receiver one is. And it turns out it was just Mark Andrews and then whoever wants to run the ball. That was truly what it looked like for this offense. I don't know if that's going to change next year, Dustin. I'm, I don't even know if Lamar Jackson is going to be their quarterback. I don't know if you saw today. They extended Roquan, Raquan Smith did not mention anything happening with Lamar still. Like mm -hmm. big contract for that guy. No contract for Lamar Jackson, who is representing himself doesn't have an agent and i don't know if he's gonna get one next year yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the more interesting off-season storylines that we need to pay attention to what happens there uh with lamar because like who's who's their insurance policy are they really gonna draft somebody are they gonna draft stroud 
this season, you know, in the first round, are they going to try to scavenge for another veteran quarterback instead of holding Derek on to Carr. the only part? Oh, God, please no. Please Maybe no. Maybe Rodgers have... will go there. God, I have so much Rashad Bateman in Dynasty. I don't want any of the options you've talked about. It's terrifying. I don't know. What to, I I think Rashad Bateman was too high in ADP, probably. He was going, I think, around the ninth round, maybe late eighth round or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think that was too high for what he did. I mean, you saw mm-hmm. random dudes like Van Jefferson, you know, have the same type of one game that he had multiple times. and so. He's just not going to be probably on my radar much next year. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about one more here in depth. I'll do one more, and then we'll just quickly touch base on a couple of my others since you've exhausted your list of uh, misses you had, and I still have some more to do. Uh, But then I think um, we'll do that, and then we'll do a quick monkey knife fight for wildcard weekend here uh, to end the show. Um, All right. So... I just did one from each position. So we got Zach Ertz being drafted as the tight end nine. Um, I will say that I had him as a bust up until the point he got injured. He was returning that value. And granted, this next season, we don't know what's going to happen. He's 31, I think, starting the season next year. So he's starting to get up there. Uh, Trey McBride has come on a little bit. Uh, but I, I will count that as a miss for myself because he was producing well, like he was like tight end. I think six, six. Maybe. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, like six or seven. So, I mean, he was doing better than I expected this year. I really thought um, there was going to be a bit of a drop off. Um, and last year was just kind of an anomaly for him. So take the miss there. Um, do you think he comes back next year and will produce as a tight end one when he returns or do you think age and coming off this ACL injury kind of later in his career might be slowing him down a little bit and maybe Trey McBride kind of takes the front seat and becomes that tight end one on the team? To me, it's less about the age and injury and, again, more about what the hell this offense will possibly look right. like next year. If we get that sorted out in the offseason, we get clarity on Kyler Murray's injury status when he's starting. What happens with all the veterans they're maybe trying to ship off? Mm-hmm. He, I don't know what his contract looks like. He could be a situation where it's like, welcome to the team in 2021 and also see you later in 2023. And if he ends up in, in somebody else's hands, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's he's a underrated type of tight end. He Absolutely. is a better Jason Witten, in my view, for fantasy at least. Like, he's a better Jason Witten, I think, he should still get that respect next year. If he's if he seems healthy in the offseason, I'm mm-hmm. I'm good with taking him probably in most situations. But we'll have to see. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. And then we'll just touch on a couple of these other ones just real quickly here, Jake. Get your thoughts on them. So I had Adam Thielen as one of my drinking buddies. Um I know going into the season, I really liked Adam Thielen. I'm like, oh, he's opposite, you know, Justin Jefferson. He's a red zone target. He's he's going to get you touchdowns this year. We didn't really see that, unfortunately. Um, you know, and especially these last few weeks, like we've seen KJ Osborne really kind of come on board and 
and start doing some things with the team. So, yeah, I think Adam Thielen, he's going to have his role. He's going to be good probably for real fantasy. I mean, not real fantasy, real NFL, you know, with the Vikings here until he retires at some point. But I think for fantasy, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't say he's going to be off my draft board because uh-huh. at, some, at some point, every player is worth drafting. Let's be honest. But I mean, I think he will end up sliding quite a bit further than I would have had him this year. Dude, I was super high on Adam Thielen. If if you hadn't gotten to him in that initial show sheet first for way back when, I probably would talking to him now. I, I love oh. him. I I know you got there too fast. I really thought like with his red zone propensity and uh again, there wasn't a lot this was pre pre TJ Hawkinson, let's at True. least say. He did make a, a big change there, but even before Hawkinson got there, it's not like Thielen was lighting the world on no. fire. So it's still the same deal. And the, the touchdowns just weren't there like they have been historically. And he's old. He's 33. Uh, mm-hmm. 32 now. Will be 33. Yeah, I think there's still a place for him on your fantasy roster. He can still be a very capable bye week flex where Absolutely. if he scores a touchdown or maybe even two, fine and i think that's still within his range of outcomes but for dynasty Mm -hmm. real quick before i move on trading this guy away for two-thirds in typical dynasty leagues as he's now entering his age 33 season if i could get i mean if i could get like a late second for him i think that'd be ideal but yeah probably two-thirds i i know i don't think i could either i mean and i have him on teams and I'm, i'm trying to shop him or i will be here once activity starts after everyone gets their uh, little fantasy break here for the, you know, for the month of sure. January, um, I will be trying to shop them. Um, and I would love to get like a late second, try to trade them to like a contender. Um, to just have that extra little kind of depth piece for them. But yeah, I, I think one third is a little light. So I, I, I like where you're at value wise with two thirds. A couple of thirds. That's what I'm looking to do in one of my dynasty leagues. So we'll see. All right. All right. And then last one here real quick. Um, I had Robert Big Bob Tanyan as a drinking buddy. Uh, came on slow after the injury last year. I thought with Devontae leaving that he would have that repertoire with, with Rodgers and be the, kind of that safety blanket between him and Cobb. Um, but it just never really materialized. He was more of a role player. The rookies came on better than I expected. Granted, there were some injuries there where, you know, it's kind of hit and miss on what weeks they were playing, but it seemed like between Dobbs and Watson that one of them was playing at least every week and yeah. Rogers would be looking their way. Um, yeah. And Tanyan just never got truly involved in this offense. And I don't know if it's just taking him that long to come back from the ACL injury and maybe it takes a full year and next year he'll be more involved. I don't know, but yeah, I thought he, you know, the way things lined up with Devante leaving that he'd be much more involved than he was. By the way, new nickname from scampers in the chat, big buns, tons. Yeah, that's Ooh. absolutely going. To I be love that. His nickname. I hope for him to be fantasy relevant next year only so we can continue to use that nickname, but yeah, two top 12 performances this season. Yeah. That's not going to help good. you. That's, that's not good. Bob. all right it was all worth it just for that moment too by the way so that worked out all right um 
Any last thoughts here, Jake, before we do a little monkey knife fight? Nah, man, I'm ready to face plant into some monkey knife fight action. Let's let's figure this out. All right, let me get it pulled up here. And by the way, for those of you not familiar with monkey knife fight, just a quick rundown of what they they do. It's a series of props that they give you. You sort of get to choose between games what you want. You choose player-specific props. This person's going to get X amount of yards or more or less or what have you. And you can kind of merge them together. And uh, we like to go for big ones here, I know. We like Mm -hmm. to do a lot all together. If you've ever done parlays, that's the same type of experience here. You want to add as many as you can to get the biggest payout. Yeah, so it looks like right now, um, Jake, if you want to do the only multi-game slates they have is for the the uh, two Saturday games. If you want to sure. take a combo of the Chargers, Jags, and Seahawks, Niners, or we could do single games for the Sunday games or Monday. Look, obviously at this point in the postseason, there's going to be limited options, but let's spread it out. Let's do some Saturday game action. All right. So let's, we want to find two the biggest two. Yeah. Get out of here. Two? No, we want to stack like as Do many eight as for eight. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Eight for eight. And there's typically one that's heavy on a position like quarterback or something. And then one that's a little bit more spread out. It looks like multiple actually that are spread out here. So this one so, looks like running, you know, this one's got, yeah, this one has more quarterbacks. That's a nice smattering though. Uh, it's, it's got the four quarterbacks plus some other players, or we can do one with no quarterbacks and just other positional players. Look, man, that's up to you. How confident do you feel in your quarterback projections for this? Well, this is fantasy. We don't want to do fantasy points. Oh, boo. Yeah, we want hard props. We want yards. We want attempts. We want whatever uh, is a little easier to grasp. So... Uh, the question is, do we lean into quarterbacks or do we kind of lean out of it? I'd say we lean out of it. Let's try something yeah. that's non-quarterback. All right. So here we go. First one, Kenneth Walker, 59 and a half rushing yards, more or less. Oh. And it's, it says he's got an injured ankle here. What's nice about Monkey Knife Fight, I believe, is that if he ends up not playing for mm-hmm. some reason, then they will absolve Right, Which is very correct. kind of them. I appreciate but they are going to get, They're going up against San Francisco. It's a buzzsaw in San yes. Francisco. So injury designation plus San Francisco. I'm always going to take the under. All right, let's do that. I I concur. Austin Eckler, forty nine and a half rushing yards, going against the Jags. Which is fine. That's a completely fine matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's What's interesting about him is I think his prop got lowered because of this past week at Denver, where he only had 34 rushing yards. Prior to that, he had three straight of hitting the over and another one that was very, very close against mm-hmm. Miami. Yeah, I, I would 50 say, yards. Yeah, I think I would take I the over on that too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. DK, again, going against San Francisco in that defense, 64 and a half receiving yards. It, the point's got to come from somewhere. The question is, do we do we believe that the Seahawks will remain in this game and be competitive? If we think that, I think we have to hit them more because it's not coming from their rushing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's I would hit say it. more. Okay. 
All right. Christian Kirk is the next one. 58 and a half receiving yards. Here's okay. Let's and let's uh, kind of join these two together. It's Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Mm -hmm. Both have props, both receivers for the Jaguars who have hit at different times. It's kind of frustrating. It's deciding who do we think will hit this game against the Chargers. I don't know. I'm looking back at Christian Kirk, by the way. He had 99 yards the last game against Tennessee. Uh, he's so hit or miss. Man, when he hits, he hits big. But it's literally the same thing for Zay Jones. This feels like a little bit of a coin flip. Do we take the guy who has the lower receiving yards for the over and take the guy who has more for the under and just say, well, Zay Jones is only 50 and a half. We'll take his. And Kirk's is a little higher. We won't take his. I, I don't know. What's your thought? Uh, you know how I feel about this Jags offense. I mean, we were just talking about it. Um, do you want to take the over on both? I kind of do. I think Zay Jones for sure. I feel like that one's. Does I this really change like that line. I just okay. looked this up. Zay Jones has not hit 50 yards or 51 yards since week 15 against Dallas. It's been three straight weeks, 14 yards, 24 yards, 21 yards. Does that change your opinion? Ooh, that does. That's tough. I just saw that. Yeah, I, I thought he would have been a little bit more involved. Obviously, for either of these guys, it could happen at any moment. All right, I'm going to take the more on Kirk and less on Zay Jones. You swayed me on Zay Jones. I really thought 15 and a half was like a real solid one, yeah. but... It's tough. Oh, yeah. He could easily just, hit it, but you never know. Absolutely. He probably will, just because I took the... <laughs> the last on this one, but all right. Brandon Ayuk going in at 49 and a half receiving yards. How do you feel about that, Jake? Well, look, man, I've been on Brandon Ayuk, even in that last uh, beer bet that we talked about at the top of the show. I've been in on Ayuk, and, and he's had a tough season. He gets his fantasy points. So if this was fantasy points, I'd say take the over. Because he's either going to get the yards or the touchdowns. He almost never gets both at the same time. But he's had three straight weeks with at least 59 yards. I'd say take them more. Let's go crazy. And what about Debo playing and coming back? He's done this plenty of times with Debo in the mix. Okay. So I don't really... All right really hate that i also wonder how much debo will be used you right know, or used like real debo it's a postseason so you would assume they'd go hog wild but mm -hmm. i don't know I'm, I'm okay with taking that over all right then our last two we've got two tight ends we got evan ingram and george kittle they both have a line of 47 and a half receiving yards <sighs> can i tell you something wild um, Evan Ingram has hit that mark in two of the last nine games. But in those two games, he's had at least 113 yards. He is <laughs> boomer, but he's mm -hmm. all or nothing. It's there's fucking no in between with this guy. It's it's <laughs> it feels like we're taking the over on Kirk. We're taking the under on Zay Jones. If we believe in the offense, you want to believe in Trevor Lawrence, I think we take the over. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. Also, Stamper's in the chat with a great little nugget. You're exactly right. Bosa is back on their defensive side for the Chargers. Mm -hmm. 
hypothetically quicker passes. I think that could apply to uh, Evan Ingram as well, to some extent. Yeah, and the Niners are ranked eighth on the season against tight ends. I'd say, yeah. I'd say let's fucking try it with Evan Ingram and see what happens. Take them more? Yeah, yeah. I say I say All go right. for it. All right, and then Kittle. I mean, the Jags are tied for 25th against tight ends uh, in the league, so um, I don't know. What has what has Kittle done? He's put, He had a good week last week, didn't he? No, he he was bad the last two weeks. He was held under 30 yards, but the mm. weeks prior, he was you know nearly 100 yards in both of those. This is more to me the Debo effect maybe coming into play. And if we're gonna go with the over on Ayuk, I don't know if we want to do the over on Kittle as well. It does seem like an either or. Okay. Well, I I defer to your judgment here, Jake, on this one. Oh no. Don't you never defer to me for tight end judgment. Are you kidding? Have you learned nothing from our years podcasting together? Oh Jake. Oh. I I'm telling you, don't you dare put a tight end in my hands. It's not gonna it's not gonna work out. Alright, let's come down to you. Alright, let's I'm try I'm just pulling up some some stats here to see if I can't. I maintain it's an either-or, but I might be wrong on the either-or-the-or for Ayuk and Kittle. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to put the more. I, I just right. got a feeling. I think it's the playoffs. All right. We're going to throw five on it. All right. For a we big hopeful win home. of 750 bucks. So You love it. All right. Let's do it. We're submitted. When this, when this hits... We are going to... Well, we'll have to go back and submit it after you've re-logged in, but that's fine. Oh, we why did you have me log in? That's baloney. I, I don't know. Monkey knife bite, you dicks. But we have it in perpetuity. We can go back and, and place it again. Uh, when it hits, and it will hit, it's going to be uh, tuna fish for everybody. It's going right. to be uh, It's going to be Cheerios for everybody. I'm trying to think of the lowest grade thing that you could share amongst the populace. If you had money, hey, it, it, it saved all of our picks. I logged in. It saved all the picks. So what do you I, go? Monkey knife. I, bite? I, I am going monkey knife. Bite. <laughs> I, I have submitted and we are good to go. I love it. Uh, Scamper says the lowest uh, form of food that you could do when you have money to share is, is applesauce. Apple. I kind of agree right. with that. Yeah. Everybody gets yeah. an applesauce if we win. Okay. Personal sized applesauce, by the way. Yeah. What are, only we, scam- what are only we, made a monkey knife fight? Well, and only Scampers, because he's the only one that's uh, chimed in on the chat here today, too. That's true. Scampers, we will send you applesauce when this thing hits. So leave Hope your, you like uh... Mox. <laughs> <laughs> Unflavored. Unsugared. No, no. We'll, 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 we'll go for the cinnamon flavor. Oh, I mean, okay. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Leave your scampers. allergies in the chat, Scampers. <laughs> All right, Jake. Do you feel like doing a, a beer bet on this week's one of this week's games? Since Fuck we've only it, got man. a few more games left of the football season, we might as well. What else are we doing? Right? Yeah. Let's let's do it for the playoffs. Now, so I, I think don't this have... is your pick this week. Is it really? Okay, I believe on. so. All right. Let well, I will defer up. to you. So, oh, that's so kind. You know, that's only because you. You you want the first pick. 
out of this, right? You know that's why you're doing that. Because you, I get to choose two players, but you get the first pick out of it. Well, okay, if you don't want to pick, I will pick the game, and you can pick the players then. Well, no, now I think there's some sort of advantage (laughs) to take by picking the game. So, of course, I'm going to pick the game. Yeah, are you crazy? Uh, I do want to, you know, we had the Saturday games for Monkey Knife Fight. I want to avoid those. We both kind of shared a little bit of something mm-hmm. there. Uh, All right, fair enough. Process. I want to go for a Sunday game. That, uh, and I'm going to choose the least icky of the Sunday ones for us. It's Miami and Buffalo. Okay. I'm not going to go quarterback and quarterback. We obviously don't even know what Tua's situation is. Right. But I would rather do that than Baltimore and Cincinnati. I still don't know. Lamar Jackson, hopefully, maybe, playing in that game, too. We right. We don't really know just yet. And New York and Vikings, no. Get the fuck out of here with that. I don't I don't <laughs> want any part of that. So we're going to do Miami versus Buffalo. Okay. To make, it, to make it most interesting, this is how I want to frame it. You can tell me to go fuck myself. But the wide receiver won for Miami and the wide receiver won for Buffalo whoever that ends up being. I'm saying this as a bit of a hedge for the Tyreek versus Jalen Waddle conundrum. And Stefan Diggs, and if you want to say Gabe Davis, whoever, pick your poison, probably going to be Stefan Diggs, right? Yeah. But you get you get the allowance of a Gabe Davis mm-hmm. blow-up game with this too. True. So, um, give me – I, I will take the Buffalo side. Buffalo wide receiver one versus Miami wide receiver one. I think matchup-wise, that's the smart move. Now it's just up to uh, Gabe Davis, I think. Mm-hmm. To uh... Well, no, that would still help you. If I would still up, win. That would still help you. God damn. Yeah. All right. Come on, Jalen Waddle. Uh, let's live up to your preseason hype. All right. I like it. All right. Any last words here, Jake, before we sign off? Uh, don't lose interest completely in the off season, but take a step back, evaluate as we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's never the off season, especially if you're in a dynasty format. And we'll be a little bit more focused on that. I'm sure in the upcoming episodes here, uh, after our recaps, if you have questions about dynasty trades, send them into us. Mm-hmm. If you've made dynasty trades, send those into us. And, uh, in the meantime, if you want advice about how to do monkey knife fight and or DFS, find someone who is an expert in that and ask that person for <laughs> advice. But if you want to trail us and have fun doing it, uh, feel free to do that as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, just to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying. Uh, if, you know, you've always done redraft and that's your thing, but you're like, I kind of want a little bit more. Look into doing a dynasty league. Um, it's a lot of fun. It keeps the the fun going all off season long, keeps you engaged. Um, there's a million and one dynasty podcasts out there that you can check out. A lot of great ones. A lot of friends from uh, from the show here that that do their own. A um, lot of great content out there. So if you still have that itch with the football season ending that you still want to do fantasy football, check out a dynasty league. Um, I, I know years ago when I started, you know, I was kind of intimidated to to start my first one. Um, I probably went about it the wrong way. I'll be honest. I, I didn't picked up an orphan team as opposed to starting, you know, do a startup draft. So, um, but it's been a lot of fun. I've never looked back. I love it. Um, but yeah, as you said, we'll, we'll do 
a mix of dynasty and, and redraft here um, as the offseason progresses. Um, obviously, as we get closer to the start of fantasy season, we'll be focused mainly on redraft. But yeah, we'll be mixing in a little of both here in the offseason since what else is there to talk about but football? <laughs> you goddamn right. I don't know. We might do a draft of like, uh, you know, cartoon characters. Pizza toppings. Heroes, pizza toppings, whatever. We might nineties pop songs. I don't know. Ooh. We might we might do some shenanigans like that. We okay. We we should put it down at some point. <laughs> no, we should do a nineties yeah. alternative rock draft. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. All right. We're gonna figure out a time to get that worked in. It's gonna be the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that is a great spot to end this episode. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, please remember, come join us live every Tuesday, 630 Central. We're on YouTube. We go live. It's a lot of fun. You can be like scampers. Um, join us in the chat. We'll pop questions up there if you have them uh, or comments that you make. Um, we'll interact with you. It's a lot of fun. We love having everyone in the chat with us. And wherever you find your podcast, give us a rate and review, download us, do all that good stuff, uh, helps others find us better, which we truly, truly appreciate. Good luck on your wildcard weekend DFS bets. If you have any out there folks and until next week, peace, love, humptiness forever. Cheers. Up, Peppers. Yeah.